0: Your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. And you are Locked On Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of PackerReport.com, part of the Scout.com and CBS Sports.com networks. And for today's show, we're going to kind of take a look at the depth charts here. to see where the Packers stand. Basically, at the end of free agency. Obviously, obviously there's a move that can be made here or there, but by and large, this is the team the Packers are going to take into the draft, and let's see let's see where they're strong, where they're weak, and where they need some help. But before we get going on that, I would like to remind you to check out the rest of the great Locked On Podcast Network, which includes Locked On NFL Draft, Locked On NFL, and Locked On Fantasy. And of course, check out my website, PackerReport.com. Over there, I've been replacing the Packers free agents. Last night, I um replaced running back Eddie Lacy with eight running back choices who would make sense for the Packers whether it's the first round or a bit later in the draft. Obviously Green Bay likes big guys who can catch. You know what? There's some pickings in that. You know there's a, it's a, it's a pretty good class of big guys, but not a great class of big guys who can catch. So that's over at PackerReport.com. and if you're not a member, you can sign up today. And plug in the, you sign up for one month. Just do one month, and then type in the coupon code F-A-2017, that's F for free, A for agency. F-A-2017, and I will buy two months for you. So basically it's three months for the price of one, and that takes you through the draft and the entire offseason program, OTAs and minicamp. All right, the Packers offense. You know, the one spot that didn't get hit and it seems like it's the only power that didn't get hit. Wide receiver. They're probably set there where you've got Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, Devontae Adams, and Geronimo Allison. That is your big four back from last year. As is Trevor Davis, Jeff Janis. On um, the kid they promoted late in the season, actually they were promoting him for the NFC Championship game, Max McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey's brother, the Stanford running back who... I would say would be an option in, in round one. Um, although he's so similar to Ty Montgomery in the in your basic skill set. I, I don't know if that makes a whole lot of sense, but then Antoine Goodley is up from, from the practice squads. So that is your eight-man receiver core. You know what? I could see him drafting a receiver with you know Nelson is gonna turn 32 on May 31st. So I could see Green Bay. Drafting a receiver, but it clearly is not a priority in this draft. All right. Let's go to the old line here, where obviously you lose T.J. Lang and J.C. Treader in the offseason. So, obviously this is going to be a big, big spot to upgrade with a player or two here in the draft. You're starting five at this point. Left tackle David Bakhtiari, left guard Lane Taylor, center Corey Lindsley, right tackle Brian Blaga. Who starts at right guard, do you think? Well, in, in the NFC Championship game, when Lang rebroke his foot, um, they went with Don Barclay. He was the next man up. So I'll, I will stick with that for now, and I will go that. It'll be Barclay as your starting right guard for the first day of of OTAs. Um, obviously, I would think they would draft somebody, but at this point, it is Barclay against Jason Spriggs. The rest of your old lineman Kyle Murphy, a sixth round pick out of Stanford last year um played a handful of snaps. I honestly have no feel whatsoever if the kid can play um he's big. Uh he seen to move okay. He's I need to get stronger but hey, he's a rookie and I think or he was a rookie and I think this is what this offseason is is for is that year one to year two improvement takes place because players can focus on getting stronger. So we got Murphy, then a couple of practice squad holders, Jacob Flores, and Lucas Patrick, I know the, you know the Milwaukee Journal Center wrote a stir about Lucas Patrick maybe being the next man up at guard. I suppose he could be the next man up because someone's got to be. I have no idea if the kid's any good. Absolutely none. Um, and we had a broken hand in training camp. Not helpful. You know, I was impressed that he battled his butt off through it. You know, I, I remember he he got beat like a drum in the one on ones pretty frequently. But, hey, he had one hand. What would you like him to do? So, you know, I, I have no idea if the guy can play or not. Um, but I suppose someone's got a start guard, so I suppose maybe he's he'll be in the mix there. But, you know, I, I've seen his name bandied about, I think, just because the general center wrote the story. Beats me. Couldn't tell you. We don't really get to see anything of substance in the regular season. So once he got healthy, was he better? Yeah, I don't know. Couldn't tell you. Um, tight end, this is probably Green Bay's best spot, right? we you got Martellus Bennett and Lance Kendrick Sign to Andrew Richard Rodgers. Bo Sandlin, a practice squad guy last year. He was a guy I really liked in last year's draft. Um, he played at a junior college. Then he went to the University of Miami. And then he went to Montana State. He had a really big senior year at Montana State. Um, I believe he was drafted by Carolina and uh, started the year there in a practice squad, got cut eventually, and winds up in Green Bay. Interesting guy. Got some really good speed, really good speed, really good size for the position, and he actually did test pretty well at the Combine. So I'm interested to see how he pans out, and and how he pans out this year might determine Richard Rodgers fit in the club. Um, Rodgers has got a base salary of about one point nine million million, for this coming season. Because he, he received a pretty big raise. The NFL has this thing for 3rd through 7th round picks. If you play 35% of the snaps in 2 of your first 3 years. You get a big raise. And, and the raise goes to... The raise is the equivalent of the 1st round restricted free agent tender. And that's uh, like 1.87 million or something. Pretty close to that. So Rogers got a pretty big raise. Which... Seems like a great policy from the NFL to reward lower picks who play a lot. But in Richard Rodgers, you wonder if this is actually going to hurt him. Because obviously, Bennett and Kendricks are your top, or not two, top two guys. But Bennett and Kendricks are, were signed. They're, they're probably going to stick around. Richard Rodgers came off a disappointing third year. You wonder just what his future is going to be. And if Stanley has a big training camp, well, maybe, maybe he forces Richard Rodgers out the door. Quarterback. Might have heard of these guys: Aaron Rodgers, Brett Hundley, and Joe Callahan. I think the key here is Hundley. What did the Packers do with Hundley? Because when they trade, when they traded him, when they drafted him, I asked Elliot Wolf on draft night: Is the goal here to trade him in a couple years? And, oh, no, no, no. Elliot Wolf obviously said no. That wasn't the case. Um look, he had a really, really, really good preseason back in 2015 as a rookie with the NFL in passer rating. Um, then, of course, he gets hurt a couple times in training camp and, and, and barely plays at all in the preseason. So, really, his growth, year one to year two, um, hard to say. I mean, he, he didn't have... He, he, he he would have played a lot in the preseason, and that you think would have would have really helped that growth curve. But I mean, who knows? I you know again we don't we don't get to see much of practice. I don't. Mike McCarthy said that Hundley really improved during the season. I have to take his word for it, I guess. I don't know, but again, it if the goal here is to trade Hundley sometime in the next twelve months. Remember, they, they drafted him in the fifth round. If the goal here is to trade him in 12 months, hell maybe even in the next month, but at least in the next 13 months before next year's draft, if that's the goal, don't you have to draft a quarterback and kind of start that grooming process now i don't I don't know because otherwise you're going to go into 2018 with Aaron Rodgers and a rookie and obviously you felt good about Hundley being that rookie um. Actually, in 2015, it was Rodgers, and you had Scott Tolzien there. I mean, what what you think in 2018? If you went with Aaron Rodgers, Joe Callahan is your number two, and a rookie is your number three. So I wonder if you if the goal here is to trade home now. I wonder, if you have to go, I wonder if you have to go draft a quarterback. That said, though, I I liked I liked what I saw of Callahan. He played obviously a million snaps in the preseason. Seems to know how to play the game. Um, you know, he's just got that feel when, when the when the pocket is collapsing, you know, when to get out. You know, kept plays alive. You know, a, a lot of young guys are get out of the pocket looking to run. He got out of the pocket looking to make some plays while it was run or pass. I really liked how he played. The running back obviously needs a... The running back group obviously needs a, a body here. Fullback, you're set. Aaron Rubkowski, Joe Carriage. We're good to go there. Running back. Ty Montgomery's your starter, obviously. At this point, the only other running back on the roster is Don Jackson, because they didn't they didn't keep John Crockett at this point. Uh, Christine Michael is a free agent. I mean, who knows if he's coming back? So at this point, your entire backfield core is Ty Montgomery, Don Jackson. Um, It's you know I said Michael's out there. James Starks is out there. They're a stop cap kind of guys, but at this point that's your running back group and you know, I was surprised. I, I was going into the server expecting him to write about it's a really good core of running backs for the Packers to choose from. But it's not. You know, Green Bay's we have to figure out if guys like um, Corey Clement from Wisconsin, can he catch? Wasn't asked to do it much. And Pro Football Focus has uh, pass protection numbers. He didn't do well on pass protection. Dante Foreman from Texas. He won the Doak Walker Award as the nation's best running back last year. Put up some monster numbers. He had as many catches last year as he had fumbles. That's not good. So they're going to have to figure out: Can he catch? You know, ball security Is is that a fundamental that can be fixed, or is there some sort of fatal flaw there in his game? So. You know, other than the top guys early, I don't I I want to say there's a sure bet guy for Green Bay to take a swing at at running back. All right, and that is a look at the offense. We will go defense tomorrow. Um back to the offense. Where are the big needs? I think obviously it's right guard to replace TJ Lang or at least get a body in there to come to uh challenge Don Berkeley and Jason Spriggs. Um otherwise you're fine. I mean you got Spriggs and Murphy to play tackle. You know, uh, Barkley can play center and guard, so I think you're set. You just you have to you just just have to go get a guard. Then clearly, running back is a big need too because whether Ty Montgomery can be the number one bell call back or if he's just nothing more than a complimentary piece, however you slice it, you need to get another running back in here who can spell him. he, can be, he might be he might turn out to be the and as, as I put it to McCarthy, he might turn out to be the greatest running back ever, but he's not Superman. You need to get another running back in here. Speaking of running backs, speaking of the draft, what do you think about Joe Mixon from Oklahoma? To me, he's the best running back in the draft. Because, A, he's a terrific runner. His stats are great. He broke a million tackles. Big play guy. Terrific receiver. He's a proven receiver. His pass protection numbers, terrific. He is the perfect Packers running back. Um, If you follow football at all, you know Joe Mixon's issue here is in 2014 at Oklahoma, he punched a female student. Got caught on video doing that. Those videos were made public um, in December, I believe, of this year. So, um, As you probably recall, he was not invited to the Scouting Combine because of that. But he's an unbelievable player. So if he is available at, with the Packers up at number 29, what do you think of that? Should the Packers go for it because he's such a great player and, and are you in favor of everybody gets second chances and you figure you know, the Packers did their homework on the guy? Or would you say, wow, he, just, he is just against everything that we believe in as a person? Um, I have a, If you go to my, uh, if you go to Twitter and find me on there, I am at Packet Report. I have a poll up on that. It'll be up for. As I'm looking at my phone, another eight hours. As I do this podcast, about seven a.m. Central. Um, the people who would be upset are destroying this poll. <laughs> they are head and shoulders winning. Um, my choice is here's his. My here actually is the poll. If Green Bay drafted Joe Mixon who punched a bunch of female, student, you would dot, 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 be thrilled, shrug your shoulders, or be disappointed slash upset. And the disappointed upset crowd has 44% of about 1,400 votes. The shrug their shoulders group is at 38%. And the group that would be thrilled, only 18%. So I think Packer Nation has spoken pretty loud and clear there that you are against Drafting Joe Mixon. Um, I don't know what Green Bay would do. Um, my hunch is he's off the draft board. I, my hunch is Ted Thompson and Mark Murphy are well aware of the fan base here. And yeah, Packer fans want to win, but to some extent, they want to win with quote unquote Packer people. And, you know, if you look at the number of suspensions this team has had, um, I don't know that they value. Um, personality stuff a whole lot more than any other team does. but um, Punching a woman in the face is a whole other ball of wax compared to performance-enhancing drugs and that kind of stuff. I, I just don't think Green would take a swing at them, but I'd be interested in your thoughts um, with that poll on Twitter or find me on email at packwriter2002 at yahoo.com Alright, last thing here. Did you see this stupid NFL rule change proposal? If a game goes to overtime, the NFL is considering taking uh, overtime from 15 minutes to 10 minutes. Why? <laughs> um, why? You know, to me, it's like when, when they changed the extra point rule, uh, making it a 20-yard kick to 33, it seemed like change for the sake of change. Um, why can't we just leave well enough alone? What's wrong? What the hell's wrong with a 15-minute overtime? Um, according to the NFL, there have been 83 regular season overtime games the last five years. 22 of those lasted more than 10 minutes. So basically, it's a little bit more than one quarter of the games. So that's 22... Additional ties. And I, I think there have been five ties the last five years since the NFL went to their. Uh, everybody gets a turn rule, which I thought was a, which I thought was a great rule change. Where, you know, if the team that gets the ball first gets the ball in overtime, um, and they kick a field goal, then the other team gets a chance to hit the ball. And if the team gets a touchdown, then the game's over. I like that rule because it takes the luck of the draw, the coin toss out of it, but. This just seems strange. I have no idea. Um, I mean, other than it's five fewer minutes for players to get hurt. Um, I guess there's some merit to that, but geez louise. Um, Does does the world really need more Thai football games? I would say the answer to that is no. So that's kind of a a nonsensical proposal. It is only a proposal. I think it has to get uh, passed by 24 of the 32 teams. Who the hell knows? Um, I guess the issue here is the Thursday night games. Is there, um, according to the NFL network report, it's a real disadvantage, quote unquote, for a team playing an entire 15-minute overtime period before having to turn around and play a Thursday night game the following week. Well, you know what? The other team is at the same disadvantage. So who gives a crap? You know? <laughs> here's here's an idea: get rid of the stupid Thursday night football games. Here, I've solved your dilemma. Thank you very much. I'm not even on the payroll. (laughs) All right, everybody. That will do it for this episode of Lockdown Packers. Thank you, as always, for listening. I truly appreciate that. And I will talk to you tomorrow. the list.